Welcome to the Beyond <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I was waiting for uh, Adam to interrupt because every second episode or I so- usually he goes, Blah. The, I usually hijack the intro. Yeah, yeah, so I was like looking, waiting, but he was distracted on the laptop, so- I was looking at Reddit. No, oh. I wasn't. <laughs> I'm only half invested here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. This is episode number 20, and we've been talking up this episode for a while, so now it's time to deliver the goods. This is our second Q&A episode featuring Ask a Black Belt. Yep, where I'm going to try answer your uh, jujitsu related or sometimes not jujitsu related questions. Yeah, we have uh, a mixed bag of questions today, some uh, pretty pretty good ones. But just as a bit of housekeeping, if you want to submit a question to the show, you can do so over on our Instagram, on our link tree. We have a uh, survey there that you can fill out yep. and submit the oh. question to the show. So anyone our- want? Sorry to interrupt. Anyone wondering who what what a link tree is? Because I didn't know, uh, but uh, people probably know that you can't sh- really share links and stuff on Instagram. But you only can, get to share one. Yeah, yeah. So you can have what's called a link tree, and uh, you click on that, and it essentially takes you to a page that then has all the other links. So if you click on our link tree, yeah. it'll take you somewhere where then you can click on our Patreon, on yeah, the exactly. Google form to submit questions, and it's yeah. all the links in one spot. So talking to the people under 30 that are listening, you'll know exactly you'll know what, what a link tree is. is but for uh, people of... Adam's vintage. There's your explanation. <laughs> vintage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's good drop. Good drop, Adam. All right. So that is how you submit a question to the show. But let's let's just dive straight into it. Yeah. Straight into the Q and A. First question comes from As or Aaron, as is he's known. He is a purple belt that trains at Alliance, and he wants to know what type of underwear you wear. No. Oh, nice. No, Aaron's- Crutchless. Arseless <laughs> <laughs> chaps. Uh, Aaron actually asks, do you have any competition underwear or any superstitions, which I'm assuming he means around competing? competing. Um, yeah, well, I mean, first, I, I'm not weird, so I don't wear underwear, right? Right. Do, Exclusively, do, do, do like, people wear underwear? No, no. <laughs> you actually—it's actually in the rules. You, um, you have to wear underwear. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Which I mean, as you should, I think, right? Would be well, that could be a way to throw off your opponent, right? If you come, if you rock up, <laughs> no, legit. If you rocked up without underwear on, and then like I don't know, jujitsu happens, and then. I don't know. This yeah. is weird. <laughs> <laughs> what, or just oh. the sound? Just the sound of your balls slapping against your thigh while you're trying to wrestle. That's so gay. <laughs> the, this this is difficult because I mean, for those that trade jujitsu, try to talk to family or friends that don't, and then like it always comes up like it's a bit gay. But, yeah. And but, like, no, yeah. no, it's not gay. It's not gay. But yeah. <laughs> when we when we open with fucking yeah. ball slapping, there's one of the the first ever jujitsu memes. Uh, Sure, you've probably seen it being under 30 and spending so much time on, on, online. But I don't know if you've seen the one. Uh, I think it's Shogun and, and Vandalay Silva. And it's just a photo of them training. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, one of them on the other, other other's back. But the photo is taken while they're, you know, whatever they're doing, specific training or mid-roll or something, but they're like both smiling is where the when the photo was taken. And them being MMA fighters, right, very common that they they – they just have the shorts or the little, I guess we would refer to them as um, 
like those tight short shorts. They're called yeah. sunga in 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 Brazil. Uh, but, but being MMA fighters, they're often training without shirts on, right? And yeah, and the meme is is jujitsu. It's only gay if you make eye contact. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen yeah. that one. It's I've a, seen I've, I've seen that. I know what image you're talking about. There's, yeah, yeah. There's so many others. There's a, a a good meme template like a format where it's like what my what my mum thinks I do, yeah. what my friends think I do, yeah, what yeah. I actually do. That there's always uh, there's one floating around with jujitsu, and it's always being you gay. know being yeah. gay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, back to Aaron's question. Um, I don't have any superstitions, but the fact that he actually mentioned underwear is is quite funny because when I'm not superstitious, but I definitely have a a bit of a routine, I guess you could say, if I'm competing at uh, uh, any sort of competition where I think it's a bit more important. Things like, uh, you know, I like to wear not necessarily my favorite gi, but I'll find the gi that is the most competition appropriate. And what I mean by that is, you know, you're not trying to break the rules, but you definitely want the the sleeves as short as possible and as tight as possible that are still within the rules to, to not give extra material for your opponent to grab. And in terms of underwear, any guy's training would know, not even just jujitsu wise, but for a lot of sports. And, you know, I, I assume it would be similar for women with sports bras, right? Like it, it can make a difference. Like if you have a woman who's got the wrong sports bra, she might just flat out say, oh, I can't go for a run because I forgot, you know, whatever, you know, sports bra or whatever that they need. It makes a difference, right? And same for guys. If you're, if you had the wrong underwear, you can't like go for a run or do jujitsu, right? Like try training in a pair of boxes. I was about to say, how big are your balls, bro? <laughs> Ken doll you- over here. <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> whatever, mate. You are 6'5". I'm not fucking, I'm not making any assumptions. <laughs> but, you know, like wow. I, I actually, I don't know, like um, and people, this conversation comes up just in in time in the gym where people I've had people say to me like, man, I got these new training underwear from Under Armour or whatever. And it does make a difference. And I have in, in the past had like my more comfortable pair of training underwear. Cause sometimes you get some training underwear, man, that is just smushes stuff in all the, <laughs> in all the wrong yeah, ways. Yeah. So w- w- yeah, I have to agree. Like I'm not going to wear tidy whities or, or boxes when I'm training. It's going to be like those sort of like mid, mid uh, thigh length um, sports that sport material. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 I, I know what you're saying. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. obviously some are going to fit you better than other brands yeah. or more comfortable or whatever. So, I mean, Oh, are you boxes or briefs? So day in daily life, I wear boxes. Oh, right. That's but, weird. But yeah, if I'm training, like I wear those, like you said, kind of like, I guess what would look like bike shorts, I guess, yeah, kind of. Yeah, but, but they're but, a bit, bit shorter yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. you know, more underwear. Like I almost exclusively wear those. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess my big balls get in the way. So, I mean, I don't have, a, fa- I don't have a favorite pair, but obviously underwear being underwear and being a type of clothing, it's not like they last forever, right? So, Gosh. I mean- Man, yeah. I have I have underwear. Oh fuck! I don't I don't think I should say this, but I have underwear that I've had for like six, seven, eight years. How is that even possible? I don't know. 
<laughs> it's pretty gross. Now that I'm It'd be about rank, it. bro. <laughs> rank. They're all faded and tattered and shit holes in it. I have like a rule. My girlfriend has a rule that if she finds a piece of my clothing that has a hole in it bigger than a twenty cent piece, then she throws it out. My wife. And I had to negotiate. My for wife that. does the same, but like she doesn't even have a twenty cent piece market. Like just any if, hole. Yeah, any no, hole. I, I didn't and put then, my foot down, man. And then she'll she'll she'll. Uh, rip the hole to make it to a size where it's unusable, oh. you know? So she's a bit more lenient on pajama clothes. Right. She'll be a bit more like, you know, or obviously sometimes you might have clothes like, uh, you know, if, it, if it's clothes that I'm going to wear while I'm doing like uh, renovations or maintenance oh, or like something on the gym. shirt or something, yeah, like, like your, your rag shirt. I don't really yeah, have any Like of those. a rag shirt, yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, otherwise if once it gets like a little hole, I'll – She'll kind of let me know, but then, right. you know, it just, just gets to a point where she'll rip it in half and I'm like, oh, it's yeah. gone. Yeah. That's, that's sad. I'd but, really, um, but yeah, really I do, sad. if I'm, so I'll, yeah, I don't have a favorite pair, but yeah, if I'm going to compete, I'll specifically pick out like what I know is, is my more comfortable yeah. pair. I used to even, sometimes I even go as far as for no apparent reason, like I'll iron my gi. What? Before com- competing, it's there's no point to ironing it. I just to look better. Yeah, you know. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, no, just, I, I respect that. Just want to look. You know, I'll um, I'll make sure. I'll usually make sure like I'm clean shaven. Yeah. Not all, not all the time. Yeah. But like get a haircut. Some, yeah, get a haircut. Sometimes if it's a. Okay, someone's gonna take a photo, man. <laughs> if it's like a more important competition, I'll I'll, I'll do those things. Like something that's maybe mm. out of the ordinary for me is like, God, people are gonna take this out of context and think I'm unhygienic, but, uh, but I don't shower in the mornings. Like I shower right before I go to bed. Mm. And then unless it's like 40 degree summer, I don't really wake up sweaty and stinking. Right. Like, so I don't shower first thing yeah. in the morning. You being from the Navy probably have got this super. So in the Navy, uh, and again, I do not want to derail this again because last, last episode, episode I, at the end of the last episode, if you, if you listen to that, I derailed it with Navy shit. Um, but in the Navy, there is like a rule that every time you get in and out of your bed, or we call it a rack in you and out of your rack you shower. Yeah. So every time you get in your or, or isn't like, that just to promote the amount of time you guys have your pants off? In no, the Navy? no, 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 no. So <laughs> it, it's it's pretty much like not in and out, like some people do in and out, but it's every time before you get in your rack, you shower. So sh- every time. Do you guys um I guess it's, maybe it depends really on the vessel. To, yeah. yeah, but do you guys share bunks in the okay, sense so that they, because they you actually, have different shifts? Yeah, that's called hot bunking. And it used to be a thing on uh, Oberon class submarines. So our yeah, previous you, I mean, submarines. Real estate is at a premium, right? On yeah, a sub. Yeah, and literally right? people would share racks. And yeah. I mean, on submarines, people sleep in the torpedo fucking- um, Yeah, bombs. they do, right? Well, yeah. I mean, do they still? But I know um, I've I seen believe that. so, yeah, yeah. They put trainees there. Like when I was going through- <laughs> Terrifying. Yeah, when I was a trainee, um, I used to sleep on a- You can't do this anymore because it's like illegal, like it's banned because it's- yeah, I don't want to go down that road. But um, I, when I was a trainee on a patrol boat, I slept in what's called Austere, which is like, for a lack of a better descriptor, our onboard, not jail, but kind of yeah, jail. Right. Like it's it's what where we put uh, people like, you, you know, people that were seeking asylum and, and illegal right, fishermen, people right. basically that we've detained. Right. You, they, they get put in a hole called Austere. It's not like terrible, but it's not super great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that's where I was as a trainee on a patrol boat. It's very common, but now, now you can't put anyone down there. That's yeah, right. not. But so is, yeah. So, well, so for me, yeah, going, 
yeah, un- keep underderailing. Me, keep me <laughs> yeah, so like I don't get up and I know some people who religiously, yeah, get up and shower, yeah. you know. I mean, I'm like that, but at the end of the day, before yeah. bed. Um, well, if you only have one shower a day, it, it's it got to be at night. I, yeah. I don't and understand I people mean, that shower in the morning at not at night. To be honest, like I'm just going to go out and offend some people. If you do that, you're pretty fucking gross. <laughs> well, I'm not going to lie. If you shower in the mornings and not at night, you've just spent the whole day sweaty, you know, yeah, moving around, yeah. working, and then you're about to get in your bed. And I actually can't even sleep if I'm a little bit sticky. No, like I can't, I can't what the hell? Sleep. No, yeah. I can't sleep without showering. But I shower twice a day. I shower before I bed also, and when I get up. And if I, I also, work out, sometimes three times. Uh, I also, where I grew up, right, and where my parents still live, it's not, um, they're not tapped into the, like the mainstream water supply, right? Because they're a bit more rural. So it's just tank water. If it doesn't rain, you got no water, yeah. right? So I also grew up where when I was a kid slash early teens, there were times where uh, I would go, you know, days without without showering because mum and dad would like, would say we, we don't have any water, yeah. you know? Like the only water we had was was to drink you know, and wet even wipes. Did you just do the no, wet well, wipes? So we shower? had a swimming pool. So my parents would say, just jump in the pool as okay. your bath. You know, the point where we would have to get buckets of water out of the pool to be able to flush the toilets. Cause we didn't have water. Right. So, I mean, I've never really, I always grew up with this, like, you know, like one shower a day is, mm. is plenty. Yeah, so anyway, enough. but going back, like I'm not superstitious. I know there's heaps of athletes who are super, super, uh, who are incredibly superstitious. Uh, Michael Jordan was one, Serena Williams, you know, yeah, is, I'm definitely is not one. superstitious. So as for me personally, no, I'm not. I kind of, and even doing what I just said that I do, I don't even feel like that's superstitious. It's just kind of, you know, almost like if you had a, a big important job interview, I'm just taking those extra steps outside yeah. of my daily routine yeah, to agreed. be extra prepared, yeah. you know. But I do yeah. something similar like the night before, even if my nails are short, I always cut my nails, like, you know, get everything ready, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And then the gi is a big one. So I have t- only have two gis. Which is not enough. No way. And I was this is what I want to talk about. One of them is like the thick black gi yep. and it's quite heavy and I don't really like competing in it because it's too much material yep. for my opponent to grab. And it's, it's quite, it's a bit thicker. It's a thicker make. And then the other one is a more competition gi. It's a lot lighter, but I've somehow ruined that gi already. I've only had it like a year. It's because you it's train all, a lot, bro. It's yeah, good. It's all like, like crumpled. It looks like it's, you know, it looks like shit. Right. And um, so are you, do you think that someone should get a separate gi just for competing? Because I'm thinking about do, you, like getting you, another one. If you have that. the luxury, yeah. I mean, when I when I was going through my lower belts and I competed a lot, I did have a gi that I didn't use it specifically for competition because I didn't want that gi to to feel yeah, really yeah. foreign, right? Like yeah. I would put it on to compete and be like, oh man, this gi feels weird. But like I would rarely use it in the gym. Because it was my competition gi, but I would still use it every now and again in the be, gym. To be comfortable in it. Yeah, exactly. And it's to the same when people, like you said this to me early on, and I think we mentioned into in a podcast about hygiene at some point where it was news to me that um, like people that wear rash guards when they train underneath their gi, yeah. I never do that. And it's because I don't want to feel weird when I compete. And yeah. you pointed that out. You want to train how you compete. So I never wear a rash yeah, guard. Because for those who don't know, you're not allowed to wear a rash guard under your gi when you yep. compete. And, and girls can, yes. for obvious reasons. Yes. Um, but yeah, you 
you can't for guys. So, I mean, yeah, I'm the same as you. I don't train with a rash guard under my gi. Mm. And when I do for random reasons, like sometimes I do if I've gone back to back yes, teaching yeah, a no yeah. gi class into a gi class, yeah, I'll just chuck my gi on. I do the same. But then like it, it feels weird, mm. you know. So if all of a sudden I, you know, had to compete with a rash guard under my gi, I would be like this feels weird because yeah, exactly. I'm so used to not exactly. having it. Exactly. So I also like the feel of the gi on my skin. Yeah. Got to get that gi burn, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so, that yeah. rash. <laughs> To answer your question, as uh, no, not superstitious, no special underwear. You do have ne- ne- Next episode, he's probably going to send in, and can you send me a photo of you in your <laughs> underwear? Oh, uh, you creeper. <laughs> yeah, no, just got my routine, as. Okay, cool. So question number two. Now, this is a, a bit of a combined question. We have we had multiple people submit a very similar question, so we sort of wrapped it up into one, uh, and it's all about self-defense. So basically have – the question goes, have uh, you ever been in a fight? And uh, a second part of that question is, do you think that striking or kickboxing or other forms of martial art are important to round off your skills uh, for self-defense or is pure jiu-jitsu enough? I'll, um, I'll just glaze over this one quickly because we did on episode 13. 13? Yep, 13. Yeah, episode 13 was was – literally titled does jiu-jitsu actually work as self-defense uh so we spoke a lot about it in that episode but uh long story short yeah jiu-jitsu is more than capable of being a self-defense martial art do you need to learn striking to facilitate your ability in self-defense i don't think so but like would it hurt to not at all yeah, absolutely not but yeah. you know if you're really interested in an in-depth answer to that question, listen to that episode because, you know, we go into things about, you know, well, what if your only option, like what if your only skill set is striking and then mm. the person you're having an altercation with is a female or yeah, is, or your uncle is, or, yeah, or, yeah, is a family member yeah. who's had too much to drink and you don't want to roundhouse kick them in the head, nah, you know? Like, drop them. <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of me personally, I – I, I probably mentioned in that episode my street fight yeah, you did. experience. Yeah, you but did, yeah, yeah, I've only I've only been in two. Um and they're kind of two opposite situations because one was when I trained striking and then the other was when I trained jujitsu. But mm. yeah, I mean, I haven't I kind of don't put myself in situations where I get into street fights, mm. but um yeah, one was me, my wife and my brother against like 15 or 20 dudes yeah. well not against I, I shouldn't say against but yeah were you um, backed up into a yeah corner? we're on a on a tram yeah, yeah we got stuck in a corner and they and were the, just and it wasn't even like a street fight it was just like what could we do it was kind of i had my wife hugged under one of my arms yeah. and my other arm was just like protecting my head and yeah. we we're just getting railed on yeah. by like 20 dudes like we couldn't do anything and then the other was when you were at that um, party on New was Year's. It, yeah, it was yeah. at a party and it was essentially a, a woman, right? So, yeah, yeah what was I going to do? Punch her? Of course mm. not. So I just managed to um, hold on to her in, mm. a, in a rear naked choke position but not choking her until the situation diffused. But, uh, yeah, like a sh- long, long story short, listen to episode 13. But, yeah. yes, uh, jiu-jitsu is more than capable as a self-defense uh martial art and yeah i mean if you have the liberty to to learn striking as well cool but if you have to choose one i mean yeah i'm i'm gonna obviously i'm biased but i'm gonna go with with jujitsu or any grappling martial art because the perfect example is like we said what if you're in a situation where the person is a woman or uh, yeah a family member or you know or maybe someone who Mm. has 
you know, is on drugs or, yeah. or, or whatever, but it's a situation where you, you need to control them, yeah. but you don't want to hurt them. Yeah, like if, if you permanently you damage know, them or potentially kill them. Like if you punch someone on the street and they hit the deck, like you could fucking kill them. You could, yeah. And, you know, if, if your only tool set is striking, mm. what are you going to do if the, if the person you're in an altercation with is someone you don't want to punch yeah. or kick? The, the only know? thing I would say um, additional to, you know, our previous conversation on it is the only time I would prefer to have an equivalent skill set in striking. Like say for example, if I could only choose uh, jujitsu or striking, the only time I'd want striking is if there was like two or three attackers and you know, you maybe you're painted into a corner or whatever. That's the only time that striking would be better. Yeah. In I my get, opinion. I get that. But you could also, I mean, you could counter argue that if you're, if you're grap, if you're a grappler, your ability to not be like, you know, let's say there's three dudes, well, chances are one of them might like want to hold you down while the other or hits you or, or whatnot. Yeah. If you're a grappler, you could argue that your ability to not get like pinned down or held, mm. you know, by those one of the, the attackers is going to be better. So your ability to kind of like be like, no, 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 and shut it all down and then run away or, or yeah. whatever might be better. So but, I, I mean, I was more thinking like if I was like a kickboxer or something. You're more thinking like, yeah, <laughs> more thinking like yeah. Kung Fu hustle. And yeah, yeah. Be like, watch out, knockout, instant one punch knockout. <laughs> yeah, boom, boom, boom. yeah, which wouldn't really happen. Like I've, I've seen a video um, on YouTube. There was, there's this, um, there's this YouTuber. I'm pretty sure he fights in one FC. He's a uh, MMA fighter and mm. he, just as a bit of fun, he got his two friends that are non-trained to come at him at the same time. Yeah. And it's not like he knocked them all. Like, yeah, they're wearing gloves, but it's not like he he knocked them all out instantly. Like he was still having a circle around and get space and there's only two of them, yeah. you know? Man, so like it's, it's, not, it's, it's not as simple as, you know, just wham, bam, yeah. I win. I mean, yeah, it can, really it can be. You, yeah, see, yeah. You, you see YouTube videos of people just getting king hit and knocked yeah. out and where you think like, man, that dude would have died when his head hit the concrete. Yeah, you know? like, but stuff. then you also see, I mean- yeah, in my first street fight situation, I, I told the story like I trained Muay Thai at the, the time. The guy King hit me, didn't knock me out. I then kneed him in the head, mm. didn't knock him out. And then like, he got jumped, yeah. Yeah, and then got jumped by all the other dudes. Yeah. Like, you know, so it can go either way, right? It can be an instant KO, but then you can have people that get hit incredibly hard and with yeah. adrenaline and stuff. So, yeah. yeah but, I, I mean, you, you would – you would instantly Kung Fu hustle, knock them out. But yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. That's, that's you. So there's a super viral video that just comes to my mind and I'm, I'm not sure if you've seen it, but I've seen it so many times. It always resurfaces on the internet. And it, I th I'm pretty sure just based on what they're wearing and how old it was, I'm pretty sure it's in like Russia or maybe the UK or something like that. And there's this guy walking down the street. I don't even know why they're being filmed, mm. but there, there was this guy walking down the street with his girlfriend and there was these two guys sort of having a heated argument um, mm. I think that's why it was being filmed because whoever was filming it thought the two guys were going to fight. Right. And one of them just like sort of looks over as the this man and his girlfriend are walking past and just swings the, and smacks the girl in the face for, out of nowhere for no reason. Like he's having an argument with this other dude and just like just hits a like fully intentionally just smacks this bystander for no reason. But the guy just goes full like Mike the, the, Tyson. The boyfriend. The boyfriend yeah. just goes full Mike Tyson and knocks both of them out just like with combos with like hectic combos and just like walks away and the girlfriend's like trying to pull him and he just fucks them up. It is such a satisfying video. You know, my, my favorite, the most satisfying sort of YouTube viral people getting knocked out videos are the ones where the, the, 
Gonna <laughs> sound bad like the kids. But like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I love watching kids get hurt. <laughs> is when like the when like the the kid in school or whatever finally stands up to the oh, bully. The bully, the yes. David versus Goliath. Yeah, yeah, like seeing bullies get shut down yeah. is the best. Bullies the are the classic worst. Classic one where there's that um, kid that power slammed. Oh man, it's, it's a bit old a, now, but I think that was an Australian kid yeah, too, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, and they they did like a um, sixty, not sixty minutes, the shit current version, affair. Current, they, they did a current yeah. affair thing, and they. They shouldn't have because it didn't paint a, a good picture for either of the kids. Yeah, didn't it make the bully out like the, the bully was so all like worse. crying, being all yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. So it made him look like a pussy, and you could tell that you know he was clearly the bully. Like, yeah, yeah. it was not good for anyone involved. Don't they go shouldn't to, have don't watch it. a current affair for quality journalism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, please don't. But basically, for those, particularly our uh, overseas listeners who may not have seen it, because it was pretty viral, viral here in Australia, well, worldwide, really. I think it was worldwide. Yeah, yeah. I, it was if even you, if, featured on uh, Joe Rogan, I think, at one oh, point. Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you I, just type in like bully, bully gets power slammed, yeah, power bombed or power something bombed, like yeah. that, you'll find yeah, it. Yeah, it was yeah. like a full WWE power bomb on this kid, yeah. and he just messes him up. Yeah. To be fair, the kid that power bombed the smaller guy, if you watch the video, you know what I'm talking about. He he copped like four punches before he actually oh, snapped. Yeah, yeah. He was copping it. Like, yeah. oh man, it was it was pretty funny. Anyway, <laughs> very yeah. satisfying. Episode 13, self-defense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we do have a another question here. This one is from Rosh. Um, and it's basically what the question is, what do you think of slap jujitsu competitions and uh combat jujitsu and tenth planet? So Rosh is a white belt that also trains at our gym, just for context about Rosh. Shout out so, to Rosh. So yeah, slap jujitsu or combat jujitsu is mm. is like a, a type of jujitsu that yeah, I believe Eddie Bravo, the the founder of Tenth Planet, um, started. Where it's kind of yeah, it's it's essentially jujitsu that you're allowed to open hand hit your opponent once once they're downed. Mm. So there's no stand-up aspect to it. It's not like you can strike from standing, but um, once you're on the ground and, and rolling or, or, you know, doing jujitsu, you can perform open-hand slaps. I guess with the, the strategy that people have to defend against getting hit in the head and that opens up more submissions or, or whatever, yeah. right? What do I think of it? Um, I mean, I've never done it. And would I ever do it? Not really. I mean, I did striking when I was younger. I did Muay Thai. I don't like getting hit in the head. I don't like getting punched, kicked, slapped anywhere, right? I'm, it's just not for me. And I am actually find it really impressive, like people who train or fight MMA because um, it's – man, it takes a special type of person – or any striking, sorry, I should say. Like anyone who who competes in striking – like it's hard, dude. Yeah. Like it hurts. It yeah. hurts a lot and I don't have that in me. But in terms of what do I think about it in general, I actually don't have a problem with it. I think it's a great way for people to kind of bridge that gap between jiu-jitsu and, and MMA because um, it is very different when you when you put – punches into grappling as well yeah, and we spoke it's, about this in the self-defense episode as well yeah like it's it's a different animal right like and you know yeah so the the, the obvious one is in jiu-jitsu close guard can yeah. be can be a great position but when the striking involved it's not necessarily no. great because the guy on top can be dropping bombs yep. um so i think it's a great way to bridge the gap for anyone who's 
you know, maybe you're thinking, I wonder if I would like MMA or something. You could try combat jiu-jitsu or, or slap jiu-jitsu and you might realize that you're good at it, you love it, or you might realize like, well, this is terrible, you know. You're getting smashed. Yeah, for me, it's not the sport I'm into, you know. Like I, you know, again, there's self-defense aspects to jiu-jitsu. You can listen to it in episode 13, but it's not why I do jiu-jitsu. I'm into mm. the sport of jiu-jitsu, right? And obviously – MMA as a whole, you could argue, is the most well-rounded sport, like because that combat that, sport, yeah, yeah, that that puts you in the situation. The what would you do if there were no rules? Yeah. Obviously, in sports that are regulated, you have to have rules, you know. Mm. But even MMA, you could say, oh, but in the street, I'm gonna fish hook you, eye gouge you, kick you in the groin. But are right? you though? Like, but yeah. are you? Like, <laughs> but, if you were up against you? an MMA yeah. fighter, are you gonna eye gouge me? <laughs> yeah. Am I gonna knock you the fuck out? Yeah. Like, so I mean, you could argue, yeah, MMA is the best all rounded yeah. for that. But I mean, if that's why I got into this industry, I would do MMA. Like, it's not mm. why I do it. I do the sport, the sport of jujitsu, mm-hmm. and I enjoy the sport of jujitsu. You know, it's like for, for me when people make that argument of like, oh, but, you know, like, you know, here I could actually punch you. It's kind of like me saying like, yeah, but like, you know, in a game of tennis, I'm just going to like throw my racket at you and jump the fence and fly kick you. Like, I mean, it's like, <laughs> yeah, but it's like it's a different sport, bro. Yeah. You know, like. Um, combat yeah, tennis. Yeah, combat tennis. I would watch combat tennis. <laughs> I would watch it. Let's, let's have a game now. Yeah. Combat <laughs> um, however, yeah, if if you're wanting to sort of get a bit more into real in terms of uh, self-defense, you want to get a bit of a taste of what uh, grappling is like with strikes. Do MMA, I reckon. Yeah. Well, yeah, do MMA. But, yeah, combat jiu-jitsu or slap jiu-jitsu, it's a good taste of it. Mm. I don't necessarily find it super entertaining. Like from a – well, I think I'm that's expect- why it was invented. It, I think the the intention behind it was to bring more spectator elements to jiu-jitsu to yeah, make we- it more entertaining because ADCC tried to do that with their um, aggressive rule sets, yeah. if you will, like the whole no points in the first half of the match, they're you know, you can't pull guard, like you have to advance, all of those sort of things. But as time goes on, people game the system and it ends yeah. up being just like regular. Any, like any sport. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It ends up just being regular, you know, yeah. so, jiu-jitsu at the end of it. I think the the slap or combat jiu-jitsu was Eddie Bravo's attempt to take the ADCC uh, rule sets and improve on them in terms of what a spectator would enjoy. Yeah. I mean, I don't really find it that entertaining. If if I wanted to watch grappling with slaps, I would just watch MMA. Exactly what know? I was thinking, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure, not every fight ends on the ground. But if I want there to be any striking element, then I want all the striking elements. You know, yeah. I don't I don't want to just watch the slapping. But in terms of of does it serve a place? Yeah, I think in the gym it serves a place for anyone who's wanting to to bridge that gap to MMA or Yeah, because there's a more there's you, more emphasis on the jiu-jitsu with the combat jiu-jitsu. Like it, it's open hand slaps are okay. And I have seen like some um fights where you know someone has won with the slapping element but a lot of them are you know predominantly jiu-jitsu like they're, they're yeah. going for submissions yeah. yeah yeah it's usually because you're 
it's open hand and there's mm. no elbows and stuff, mm. you're usually not getting a knockout with a so-called ground and pound yeah. slaps, yeah. right? It's, uh, you're still sl- getting fucked up. But like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I, yeah, it serves its place yeah. in between jiu-jitsu and MMA, but I don't find it entertaining as a spectator sport. I would prefer mm. to just watch either pure jiu-jitsu or – or MMA. Unfortunately, I, I have to agree. I don't think it really works as intended, you know, but what I think really does work is karate combat. Is and, and this is one thing I had written down. <laughs> I wanted to mention karate combat. I just want to spread the, the good word. This is how the conversation went off air. Kieran's like, have you heard of karate combat? I'm like, no. And, and I said, what is it? And you're like, it's like karate, but they're actually going for it. And I'm yeah. like, so like kickboxing. And he was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, okay, so basically they take karate they take, black belts, they take karate black belts, they chuck them in like this um, dome so they can run up the walls and shit. Oh, what? You didn't Dude, tell me yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, they could like full run up the walls, like it's all padded, it's sick. And then I think it's Japanese or something because they have like, you know, it's real weird, like the crowd is like, you know, r- real weird looking. I'm not judging <laughs> Japanese, I'm just saying like it, that it's got a weird- That came slightly racist. It's not, no, 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 no. Like they're wearing like traditional Japanese garb and, and you know, oh, so okay, it's got that right, vibe right, to right, it, right? right. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but it's very, very cool. Like I don't even do karate, don't have any intention. I kind of think that modern day karate is McDojo and kind of like lame, but there is like pretty hardcore karate out there. And this is an example of that. So they have like- a bit um, more real. Well, I mean, they have gloves on. They're not. Uh, they're not like the 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 small. What are they? Eight ounce gloves or smaller? The MMA ones, like six uh, five. There's yeah, six or eight. I think yeah. there might be six. Are they four? They're they're very yeah, light. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they're yeah. they're not quite as light as MMA gloves, but they're kind of like they kind of look like the Bellator gloves, but a tiny bit bigger. So a kind little, of like the little bit um, bigger gloves the k1 gloves or something yeah I, th- I think so I'm, I'm the devil you know too too much detail but basically the concept is karate black belts in this dome where they can run up the walls and they just fucking fight like it's just stand <laughs> up they're just kicking like people get knocked the fuck out like it's sick it is sick. i love karate combat <laughs> yeah because yeah because regular karate is a bit i mean lame. god it's it, ju- it just happened in the olympics like points the, karate it's yeah fucking boring watch karate combat that, that shit's s- sick did we talk about it in the Olympic episode? How the guy, like knocked out yes, the other dude, yes. or, or knocked him down, or whatever, but lost because, because he of, punched too hard. Or something that's so fucking stupid. so. That's so lame. That destroys the credibility of a of a sport. Whereas karate combat boosts the credibility. Yeah. It was like imagine if you imagine if you're like a surfer and you lost a competition because they said, "Oh, you were in the barrel for too long." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You'd be like, exactly. what? <laughs> exactly right. It's it's stupid. And um, the other sort of. So basically the reason I'm bringing all this this up is because like- You've, you've quit jiu-jitsu. I've quit jiu-jitsu. <laughs> I'm doing karate, karate and uh, it's going to be karate combat. But like this is essentially shaped in my opinion by MMA and UFC being the, the, the largest MMA organization really shining a light on spectator combat sport. And so Ooh. other martial arts out there are trying to take- their martial art and bring it into a spectator context. So that's there's, what yeah. combat jiu-jitsu is trying to do. I think they've missed the mark a little bit. There's there's heaps of them that do it. There's another one, uh, I have no idea what it's called, but it's essentially uh, full contact combat with weapons. Have you seen that one? So it's kind of, you know what kendo is, right? Kendo's the like the sword fighting, and they wear those really cool headgear with the, oh, the metal grills. I've seen those. You yeah. know, it's like the Japanese version of fencing, I guess. Oh, wow. uh, but yes, but it's like got all specific rules and everything. But there's these combat weapon 
competitions where people are fully kitted out in armor, but they've got like nunchucks and they've got like, you know, not swords that are uh, sharp, obviously, right? Like more blunt. Yeah, Mm. but they've got all weapons and stuff trying to make it more you know, entertaining. Mm. It's not, but yeah, unfortunately misses the mark, but karate combat, super entertaining. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, another, another one that I think has been definitely it's MMA, but team fighting where it's like five on five. I personally don't think they're super entertaining only like as a novelty. If you're watching it for the first time, it's pretty interesting, but I wouldn't follow the sport. The reason I say that is because if you look at the individual fighters, some of them are actually quite shit. (laughs) they're just like bodies yeah they're pretty much just filling the team and i'm not saying i'd be able to take them on that's don't get me wrong i'd get smashed by all of them but if you put that individual in a like you know an octagon for example or in the ufc they'll just get pumped because it's not like the the person that is joining up for team fighting isn't really you know a ufc prospect let's be honest yeah 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 and um so yeah if you if you sort of watch individual fights going on in it's team terrible. fighting that you're like, Oh, okay. That guy's just covering up and he's going to just get pumped. Yeah. But team fighting is pretty, pretty gnarly. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's pretty much whoever, whatever team can take one person down first, they win because then it's like, it becomes two on one and then they win and yeah, then three, yeah, on, yeah. three on one. Yeah. And then it just, you know, but if it's you, still, it's if still you, pretty If you do want a new combat, sport to watch instead of slap jujitsu just look up the slap competitions oh. they're hilarious are they they're, a combat sport or are they like <laughs> i don't know bro but i wouldn't do it oh dude Man, if you haven't seen it it's two dudes who just stand across from each other on a table and take turns slapping each other that's, that's so dumb <laughs> dude but it yeah it is dumb but it's like it's fun to watch in the same way that it's fun to watch someone fall over and yeah. fail right just, like, it's, it's pretty in, silly dude and they hit hard but it's, the thing it's is so intense as, but i don't know what's sport, go- you wouldn't follow it though you wouldn't have like i don't i wouldn't especially because it's all in like it's all in like russian or something yeah. so i don't even know what they're talking about but you just <laughs> dude, yeah it's pretty intense but like i think that's the problem it's it's kind of like it's it's good for a novelty when you see this like slap competition or a team fighting it's good for a novelty but personally yeah, but i can't see myself yeah watching sport? it yeah. yeah i can't see myself following it having my favorite athletes but Karate combat on the other hand. (laughs) I just want to take a quick moment to talk about today's sponsor, Karate Combat. (laughs) (laughs) It's on YouTube. It's free. Watch it. It's super entertaining. Oh, my God. I I really like MMA as well, so fuck. All right. So, oh, yep. Next question. Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting the the nod. Okay. So, the next question, we actually have two questions um, that are really good. So, we included both of them here. So, shout out to Joey. We've mentioned him a few times on the show. He is a brown belt that trains at our gym. Very, uh, very competent brown belt. And his first question though is, should BJJ players be held to a standard of physical conditioning? And if so, should black belts be expected to uphold the same standard? I'm very interested to hear your response. What I think about this. Uh, The short answer would be no, not at all. That'd be ridiculous, and I'll tell you why. Um, unless, unless it's something, you know, that that individual has some medical something to to not allow them to do it because it's not safe for them, then of course you need to be able to tick certain marks. But I'll give. I'm gonna. What I'll explain it with an analogy just for Joey because I know he <laughs> hates him. I mean. They don't need to be held to any physical standards other than can they just physically do it? So the analogy I'm giving is 
should a surfer be held to certain swimming standards? No, like they just need to be able to swim, right? But short of that, should a surf, or to be allowed to surf, you need to be able to swim 100 meters in X amount of seconds. It's irrelevant to how good of a surfer you can be, right? But I could argue in order to be a pro surfer, you need to be able to hold your breath for a certain amount of time or like other things that are, are in your best interest for safety. Yeah, of course. But I mean, that's no different to saying like, oh, if you want to be a professional jujitsu athlete, you need to be able to do multiple 10 minute rounds without getting tired or something. I mean, isn't that a, isn't that a level of physical conditioning though? Yeah, this, this question can be a bit ambiguous. Yeah. So I did prior to recording this, I did ask Joey for clarification on the question because I meant- That's cheating. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did want to know, did he mean in order to compete or in order to- you know, uh, to be a black belt. No, well, yeah. In order to progress, like, do you need to hit certain physical checkpoints in order to get your oh. blue belt, purple belt? And he just meant in order to train, right? Okay. Uh, so slightly different question, right? Like, if the question was, yeah, you could in interpret order, it in order to get a purple belt. You need, you need to, to be, be able to do yeah, oh, okay. X, Y, Z. Yeah, but he just meant in order. Agree. He just meant in order to train. And I mean, as long as you can, for use my analogy again, as long as you can swim you should be allowed to to learn how to surf, right? And who is, and who is regulating this? Exactly. And what if, you know, and let's say there were standards and someone came in, they wanted to pick up jujitsu because they've heard it's a, a great exercise and they want to lose weight. And from day one, you go, sorry, bro, you're too fat. You need to go away and you need to be able to run 5Ks in this amount of time. You need to be able to, you know, touch your toes. You need to be able to do X amount of push-ups, or, you know, you need to have the mobility for a Cossack squat and go away, do all that. And then once you can do that, you're allowed to do jujitsu. I spoke about this. Imagine, in, imagine if that were the case. Yeah. I, I did talk about this exact thing and I was actually making that argument. I was making for that argument, um, counter your position in a YouTube video. Sorry, agreeing with me or no, disagreeing? disagreeing with you. Like, Oh man, like in my first couple months of training where I came in and I was like super fit and I was a bit arrogant, like let's be honest. <laughs> I was a bit of an arrogant, you know, white belt producing fucking videos preaching my my good word. Uh, <laughs> two other white belts, of course, but still. And I was basically saying that the, literally the quote from the video was get fit to do jujitsu, don't do jujitsu to get fit. That's what I was pushing. Like you should uh, like, tr like train, do conditioning, do mobility, do cardio, do uh, strength training in order to do jujitsu better because it's a combat sport rather than joining jujitsu in order to use it as a vehicle to get fit. I was, I was counter arguing. And since I've released that video, I haven't done a follow-up video on it, but since I released that video, my opinion has changed. Yeah. Cause I, like I, I get where you're coming from, but I uh, think it excludes too many people. It alienates exactly, too many people. Exactly. I'm it's too arrogant. It's basically a fit young dude coming into a sport for the first time and saying, you should be fit to do this. Cause I am. So you should be fucking fit. Whereas for some people, it's a fun way to get fit. And by me saying that I'm alienating them and I'm yeah. saying you're too fat to do jujitsu. Exactly. And, I, and I know that's wrong. Now. And I've mentioned a lot of times that, People do jujitsu for different reasons. Exactly. Some people don't do it at all for yeah. the, the combat aspect, for the fitness, for the social. Some people get into jujitsu because they their therapist mentioned it exactly. was a good way to deal with their anxiety. Yeah. And then you're going to turn around and tell that person that they're, they're, they're not physically competent to do the sport. Yeah. And that's, like, where my, that's where my arrogance was and I had my blinders on and I was looking at myself and not looking at the bigger picture. Yeah. I mean, again, of course – there might be some people who are limited for safety reasons, 
But even then, you know, you're going to – they can still start their jiu-jitsu journey. Like let's say, you, let's say you got into jiu-jitsu as a way to lose weight and you've – maybe you're not even fat but you've got a bit of a belly, right? Mm-hmm. Chances are you're not, you're not going to be able to invert, right? Because even, even when you're fit, like when you started, you were already fit. You mm-hmm. couldn't invert in the beginning because it's a new skill that you're learning. Yeah, I literally if, took – private lessons to learn so, how to so invert. invert. If you I'm not add, joking. If, yeah, <laughs> if you add on top of that, imagine you had a bit of a gut, it's going to be even harder, right? Yeah. So like, I mean, if someone started their jujitsu journey like that, it's, you know, it's to say that they can't do it because they don't meet certain standards. Mm. No, like I- I think I, that's arrogant. I think that I really do. And that's coming from someone that thought that. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I mean, as a whole, I would, out in order just to train, I, I flat out- disagree with there being standards that need to be met um even moving forward like okay it's gonna if it's someone who just does it for a hobby for fun for the social aspect whatever if moving forward let's imagine you're someone who wants to pursue jiu-jitsu as a career as an instructor as you know you want to compete and all this stuff even then like are there certain are there certain standards that you should have to meet I still don't think so. There are certain things that are going to help you a lot, but let's say, for example, if someone said that, you know, oh, one of the standards that you need is to be full splits flexible or something, you know, it's like, well. I would alienate. You know, some people maybe can never reach that because they have uh, whatever problem in their hip or something that doesn't allow them to go to that full range of motion or some, like, let's say, for example, I was told that you have to be able, you have to have the wrist mobility to do, you know, those push-ups you do on the back of your hand opposed yeah, to the yeah. palm of your yeah. hands. I broke my left wrist when I was a teenager from skateboarding. And when the doctors said it, they set the bones slightly off. So to this day, my wrist still like aches a lot. And Which when one I, is it? Just for wrist <laughs> Yeah, my, my left one, yeah. Okay, Roger. And when I rotate it, too, right? yeah, my shoulders, yeah. When I rotate it, it clicks. Okay. That's, I mean, okay, maybe if I spent, you Two years, could yeah, I get to yeah, that mobility? Yeah. I don't know. I'm yeah. not. I'm not a doctor or a mobility specialist. But in general, like the mobility in that wrist is terrible. Like it's, we're talking. I broke that like almost twenty years ago, and it's it's still it's still bad. So to then imagine if I was then like, oh, bro, you're too bad. You're not allowed to do jujitsu, or you're can't not allowed. You can't get your black belt because you can't do this that. This raises a better question. Well, not a better question. This raises another question in my mind is, okay, let's extrapolate this. We're saying that there isn't physical standards that, well, there shouldn't be physical barriers, physical standards in front of people to progress in jiu-jitsu and to be a black belt, right? Because being a black belt, we've held up on this pedestal, okay? So what about other standards like personal standards, i.e., do you have to have a certain amount of humility? Um, is yeah, for sure. Like I did want to lead into that, like okay. with, with Joey's question when he said, "And should black belts be held to the same standards?" Yeah. So yeah, like I don't think physical standards sh- should be a thing. But yeah, like the as a black belt, you're someone that by default, even if you're not an instructor, by default, the lower belts look up to you to learn mm-hmm. from you, and as to some extent, potentially a role model, especially if you teach kids classes and things like that. I mean, I find it a little cringy when you see black belt instructors who are, um, who are okay, you don't have to be bloody Tia Toomey fit, you know, for those who don't know, 
the Australian CrossFit girl who's yep. like a beast, right? Yeah, the world's best female CrossFit yeah, athlete by you like you, a mile. Yeah, you don't have to be, you know, on tiers level to be a black belt. But I mean, when you see black belts who are super out of shape and, you know, don't even really train anymore or whatever – like that I find a bit cringy. It's like when you walk into fitness first and you see the personal trainers who are who like look like Homer Simpson and you're Don't like- Don't get me started on yeah. PTs that are out of shape. <laughs> Why would you, you know, go to a PT that is fat? I've yeah. seen those because being a PT myself, like I've, I've seen a lot of PTs in, in my life and a lot of them are overweight. Now the argument can be made that you don't need to be fit to be a good instructor and a teacher or fitness yeah. it's the same as like take boxing or something like that you don't of need course, to be the yeah. world's best boxer to be the but world's you've got best to lead by some level of example yeah right? you, yeah but, but the thing that i the i guess the underlying reason why i don't think fitness standards should be part of jujitsu uh and don't get me wrong it's not like they, there shouldn't be standards that you set for yourself right especially if you're if you're yeah wanting to compete and whatever because those things can make a difference they can give you the edge in competition right that's different because that, that's just going to reflect in your results yes but as an overall thing why i don't think it should exist is because jiu jitsu is so incredibly dynamic you know there's you know there's a million different positions and techniques that that don't require you to be have whatever range of motion in your hips but then there's positions that do so if you don't have that range like you don't do those positions or yeah. if you want to do those positions you got to work on that range exactly right exactly. you know like so, rubber guard for example i can't do rubber guard right because i don't have the the flexibility and the mobility to to pull it off but um i know some people that are very successful with rubber guard does it mean that i can't progress because i can't do fucking rubber guard yeah and that doesn't mean you can't become incredibly successful at jiu-jitsu of yeah, course not it's exactly. not like a fundamental like oh bro yeah. you know you need to be able to but do would, more than one minute of jiu-jitsu before puking yeah. <laughs> right. that would be preferable yeah. and i think like you said as a as a point of personal pride and a point of progression if you take jiu-jitsu seriously and yeah, maybe maybe it is a hobby, but you want to get good at it. You're one of those people that you want to be good at what you do. Then yeah, strength, conditioning, mobility is going to be important for that journey if you want to progress. Yeah. However, should there be a standard set or should you not progress, i.e. like get um, promoted by your coach because you are overweight or something like that, then I suppose your coach's individual bias will come into it. Yeah. But And I yeah. think it's just, it's just too hard to set like um – you know, to set flat standards because and everyone- it's almost, it's almost borderline discrimination. Yeah, because everyone's body is so different. Yep. And so like, so even when you work with a, a coach, so I've worked with Joey for ages doing doing Bulletproof, um, Bulletproof for BJJ, you have as well. And even when I've been side by side with, um, so I used to go all the time with a student of mine, Jake, we would both go. And even though we were both- doing the same sport and following the same program, even within that program, there were different little things that I would have to work on opposed to that Jake of would course. have to work on because I'd have more mobility on something or he's stronger on one thing, right? Yeah. So even within the same program, you know, two individuals, it's going to be different. Like everyone's different. And then when you add on top of that, the layers of jujitsu that, 
what I like to do in jujitsu, maybe it's inverting. So I'm going to require way more hamstring flexibility and way more mobility in my back but and what neck. If, and what if, just as a devil's advocate, what if the standards were like a base level, like really not low, but very like quite low, like floor standards. And maybe, cause I'm just imagining what Joey would say here is maybe say for example, in order to progress, you need to have achieved a white belt standard for basic movements yeah, like I touching mean, your toes or um, doing X exercise or yeah, y I mean, like mobility movement. If you think like that. Like then achievable could, for everyone. Yeah, then you could kind of say yes. But really like for me that's no different to the, the standards of saying, well, if you want to learn how to surf, you've got to be able to swim. Like it's just a right. given, right? But you is, know, it, is it a given? Um, I'm trying to think. Have I had – I was trying to imagine someone learning to surf who doesn't know how to swim. No, no, that, that, <laughs> unless you put like a life vest on, but um, I suppose I it does like, get complicated. I think, yeah, but I think I think your the fact that you had that change of opinion mm. is is how it should be. To yeah. think that someone can't even start to train because they don't meet certain standards, mm. unless it's something like dude, I never you, said you they can't. shouldn't start, but I was I was pretty forceful in that. And at the end of the video, I did close out with saying, if you want to start jujitsu, you definitely should regardless. However, you should also work on your fitness yeah. outside of jujitsu. Look, if someone walked into my gym and said, the doctor says if my heart rate hits 120, I may die. I'd be like, eh, maybe you shouldn't train jujitsu. That's, that's actually <laughs> a good point because we have something called a PARQ form in the um, PT industry, which basically is a health assessment to say like, are there any red flags? Because legally a PT needs to do a health clearance of each of their clients before they take them on board. We're not doctors, but it's very a very basic questionnaire. And if they like reach a certain score, don't pass the, the health assessment uh, set by the government that we have to do, then we need a referral from a doctor to say they can mm -hmm. do it or what limitations they have. Do you have something like that for jujitsu? From my understanding – and I would assume it would change depending where you are in the world. Mm. Um, no, it's really just about you just have to make sure you tick the certain boxes that your your public liability insurance requires mm. you to tick. And really, it's just a pretty generic waiver form. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that makes um, sense. There's there's nothing. I I don't know. You know, I'm not going to put you on the spot here. Yeah, I'm not complex. Sort of yeah, question. I'm not going to. I don't know. Enough. I don't think there is. I don't think to there answer is answer that in depth. Yeah, you know? I don't. I, even in other sports like football or soccer or whatever, there's there's not, um, which which is interesting because I must say, as someone that does consider themselves fairly fit, the, the toughest sessions I've ever had are jujitsu sessions. Yeah, super tough by far. Yeah, by far. So that's very interesting. I find. So yeah, to to summarize that question, I would just say, um, I would say no, as long as you can swim, you can surf. Uh, yeah, and moving forward, progressing, yeah, definitely all those sort of standards catered to you as an individual, definitely going to so help I, you. So I don't want to like extend this too much, but I have a follow-up question to that. Mm. What do you think about personal standards as in uh, like the quality of someone as a, as a person, ignoring physical standards for a moment, the quality of someone as a person in their self-conduct outside the gym? Should there be standards for black belts? Like take, for example, like the conduct of, um, I don't know, Maki Musumeshi or or whoever. Maybe maybe don't use a – 
maybe let's steer away from people in the spotlight because that's a different question altogether. But just your every everyday average straight out of whatever gym from wherever black belt, should they conduct themselves at a higher standard as a person? I think so. Uh, but should they be held to a standard? So for example, yeah. if 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 you if you had a black belt under you and they I don't know, got caught drink driving or something, or maybe a, a, a more relevant example, maybe they got um, they got charged with assault. Would you kick them out of your gym or like hold them to that? Hold yeah, them to I'd, that? Be, I'd be pretty livid. Uh, yeah, I think so because it's like any – yeah, ignoring people, the famous jiu-jitsu fighters. Yeah, like, let's but, steer away from but, that. You know, once, once you get a black belt and you're by default in this sort of position of – authority and respect and people look up to you and you you know I believe you have to act accordingly you know and that's the way I was taught as well and you know I don't I wouldn't I I could feel if I had a student who was just as an athlete exceptional Mm. and but as a person terrible I don't know if I would ever give them that black belt that's a good question it's something you know, and maybe this is the the cultural, traditional side of martial arts as a whole coming into it. Yeah. Because you don't have to be a. If we're talking just like as an athlete, you don't have to be a good person. A lot of the most successful athletes in sport are horrible people right. and incredibly exactly. selfish and just absolute pricks. Yeah. Right. Which which you know is is fine. You know because you kind of do have to be a bit selfish in in sport. It will in a lot of things in life. If you're talking making it into that one percent. It usually requires a whole lot of uh, all about me, right? Uh, but yeah, if you're just talking about a, a general black belt, would I give a black belt to someone who I, you know, I didn't think could operate as a role model? I don't think I would. You know, it's something special, and that's how I came up. That's the what Fabio imprinted on on me. You know, and he's talked about privately with me a couple of students who he regrets giving black belts to you know and it's not like you can then take it back um so yeah i think they should be held to a a higher standard i'm not saying it i mean god they're not a priest or something it's not like Mm. you can't then you know oh bro that black oh i saw him drinking a beer or whatever like man you're still just people a bit of common sense is required yeah but i mean perhaps that's the way joey feels about the the fitness and the mobility side of things maybe could be yeah but um, I'm putting words in his mouth here. I'm not sure, but yeah. <laughs> Joey's sitting there and he's like, that's no, not bro. what I meant. Yeah, that's not Jared. what I meant. Shut up, <laughs> fucking white belt. Get back. Get back on the mats. Fucking, yeah. Okay, so second question from, again, from Joey. This is the two, the second part to the, to the question. Um, we're told to leave our ego at the door. Is this actually possible? And is it actually good advice? Hmm. Ego at the door. It's a, yeah, it's a very common common phrase that you hear leave your ego at the door leave your ego at home um i think ego in the negative connotations of the word for sure i i I agree with that however there's you there's a line between your ego being a problem and your competitiveness being a problem and i think anyone who continues to train jujitsu even if you don't compete you have some level of competitiveness in you because even when you just have a friendly role in the gym, you're competing against your partner and simultaneously against yourself. You could get a bit like deeper and think like, oh, you're 
you're, you're, you're your own opponent or whatever, <laughs> but you're competing against someone and, you know, could just be friendly competition. So I think having competitiveness is if you want to like get good at jujitsu, like you have to have it, but um, ego is kind of more of an, people think about it as a negative thing, right? You yeah. know, when people often blur those lines of ego, arrogance, confidence, all those sort of things, right? It's a bit of a dichotomy. Yeah. So I think having in, in just, if you just look at that, that phrase at face value, leave your ego at the door. Should you, is it good advice? Yes, I think so. But you got to bring, you know, you got to bring some confidence and your competitiveness and being competitive and, and have, and wanting to win doesn't mean you're egotistical, right? Yeah. You know, being confident and thinking you're going to win, you know, it doesn't mean you're egotistical, right? It's like when, um, you know, I often talk about up when I'm competing and I have upcoming fights or whatever, you know, it's part of fight psychology or sports psychology where I, I, tell everyone and tell myself that I'm going to win and man, I'm going to tap this dude in 20 seconds. You know, it's just a way of, you know, building that, but I'm trying to like gaslight myself, you know, but it's not me being, it's not my ego, right? Your ego in jujitsu becomes a problem when that then starts to like bleed out and infect other people in the gym. Like you get tapped by a training partner and you chuck a massive wobbly in class or, you know, you, um, I've heard, I've heard online, particularly on Reddit and forums and, you know, other people's YouTube videos telling stories that it's actually a thing that sometimes people storm off the mats, like something happens on the mats and they storm off. And I've had a friend of mine that saw it at another gym. I'm not going to name, oh, yeah? I'm not going to name names at the gym, but he, he saw, you know, pretty early on being a white belt uh, that someone literally stormed off the mat and I've never even, you know, yeah, seen I've, that or, or like I couldn't imagine that happening. Yeah, I've never seen – like I've the, – the most heated altercations I've seen was only two. One was myself involved recently where I just it's, – it's not really important but I just kind of had a, a disagreement with a really good friend of mine like one of my – best friends that we've known each other for years, but it was almost more of a, a friendship problem than an ego jujitsu mm. problem. And it, I didn't storm off the mats, but I was kind of done for mm. the rest of the class. And I just kind of like sat down next to the class, um, next to the mats, sorry. Uh, I also saw in Brazil once two guys pretty much uh, deteriorate into like a punch on. Jeez. Uh, they were just they were just trying to pioneer slap jiu-jitsu. <laughs> That's all that was happening. But it was sort of it was, I only ever saw it once in five years, and it was in competition class. And this was at the, I mean, Alliance is still a very high successful jiu-jitsu just team. Just won the Pan Ams. Uh, however, this was like at the peak of the time in Brazil, where like a lot of the current world champions were training there, and it was leading up to worlds or something and things just got out of hand, you know, in that environment of competition class as well is so intense. And even though they're your training partners, you're essentially when, when, when you high five knuckles to roll, like it may as well be a competition role, mm. you know, that's just almost a blank canvas person in front of you. It doesn't matter that they're your training partner and friend. So, you know, I saw that get heated once that's when ego becomes a problem, right? Uh, when, when you allow that to sort of 
stifle your own progression and infect other people and act inappropriately, right? Mm. Getting a little bit upset because you got tapped or whatever is not really an issue as long as you don't project that, you know? I mean, I'll use Joey as an example. Joey, very competent brown belt, more than capable of submitting me. And when he submits me, I get like down on myself, right? And then I'll – but it's the – it's the competitor in me. Mm. But then I'll want to go back and, and train again and then I'll want to win, but it's not like an ego thing. Yeah, you're not going to chuck a wobbly and walk out yeah. or, or like try and hurt him in return Exactly, yeah, you see that too. I've, yeah. I've had that and I've trained with heaps of people like that. Where yep, you, where, I have as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? In in nine short months, you you know, you might- 12. 12, well, I mean, I'm ignoring the don't lockdown. Don't take away my months. Yeah, <laughs> don't take away my lockdown months. <laughs> Dude, this podcast counts. I expect- <laughs> I expect this to credit against that. <laughs> oh, I pull Ooh. out a blue belt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tease me. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I've I've had that where you submit someone or you- And then they come at or, you like a fucking, like a crazy person. Yeah. Or yeah. like, yeah, and they try hurt you. Or yep. sometimes it's not even submit them. You just Look, I, almost there's pass some them training, or something. There's and, some training partners that I know they're going to do that. Um, so after the first time I submit them in a role or whatever, if I do, if I am able to, I- I just automatically go guard and because I know they're just going to go nuts. I'll let them just yeah, but out. You, you know, like I've, I also, what you should do is because I've trained with heaps of people like that. I use it as a way to kind of like fight fire with fire. If someone wants to act like that with me, I want to show them just how big the difference is and what I, I mean. So you go back and dominate again. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, okay. if you, if you train with one of those people that once you submit them, yeah. They kind of they kind of come at you with that. All right, it's on. Yeah, yep. and then you smash them again yep. when they're coming at you with that it's on uh, mentality. It's a way it. of it's a way of kind of just going big noggin. Yeah, bro. Just you gotta re- leave that ego at the door. Yeah, to really, <laughs> really shut. But that's not ego. That's yeah, just yeah, me yeah. kind of like shutting that yeah. shit down. Yeah, I, I think I'll take that approach. And and I don't actually, to be honest, I never even when I would do that with my training partners, I never even did it with the mentality of like, yeah, take that. You know, it was more just a uh, cementing my confidence in my own ability in jujitsu that I was like, opposed to being thinking, oh man, like I'm, I, oh, I managed to submit Kieran. It was like, no man, like I beat him again when he came with everything. Yeah, like, yeah, got you. you know, got you. Like, gonna, because I've, I've spoke a lot about you have to use your training partners as your little as your benchmark and you have, and that's how you progress against Mm. the same training partners, you know, or, you know, I keep passing Joey's X guard. Oh, now all of a sudden Joey's constantly sweeping me from X guard and then I have to progress more. Okay. I'm back to passing his X guard. So you set little challenges with individual training partners. So, you know, if my challenge is, you know, submit Kieran, but it's still at a stage where it's like, oh, I submit Kieran, but then when he comes at me and turns it on, he still beats me, mm. you know? But then my next little goal might be submit Kieran and then beat him again when he really comes at me, you know? So I always did it with that mentality, yep. but it, I guess it also has the byproduct of shutting down someone who has that sort of tendency to get pissed off and then really come yeah. at you. And yeah. that's an ego problem, you know, opposed to a competitive attitude you know and again joey and i are a great example joey and i can have super hard roles but then the second the timer stops like there's no animosity Mm. right there's none at all regardless of who won or lost or where we ended up like we can go super hard and have zero tension once the the timer stops yeah you know and that That makes sense and that's great that's a great training and i think that's joey and i bringing our competitiveness 
not rather our, than your ego, rather than our egos. I think I've experienced a bit of times, uh, sometimes I should say, where my ego has not been a problem, but the inklings of it is starting to, you know, present a potential problem, and that's with tapping, like holding out a little bit. Dude, too long. the amount of times in classes I've had to say to Kieran, I've looked over and he's, you know, like wincing and holding his elbow, and I'm like, fuck, bro, just tap. you got to tap, like. I'll say it now because you need to hear it again, but I'll say it for everyone else. Sometimes you need, sometimes like you're having a really competitive role, whether you're just in comp mode, comp prep, or against that training partner where any given day, any given role, either one of you can win. So it's that real, it's that partner where it's super close. It Sometimes it's worth digging real deep and seeing how far it can go, you know? So, and I've been guilty of it. There's been times where, I've dug really deep and I tapped too late on that particular submission and I've then got a sore elbow for a month. Or sometimes, you know, I escape that armbar because I dug really deep and have a sore elbow for a month. And, you know, in hindsight, you're always like, oh, I should have tapped, I've screwed my elbow. But, you know, sometimes you want to see how far you can push that because in training, is it worth the price? No, because it screws you up for being able to train the the following days but developing that skill for competition can be priceless right so for example in training if someone said to me okay do you want to do you want to win this role but the cost is you'll have a sore elbow for four weeks i would say well no i'm just training but if you said oh do you want to win this competition but the cost will be a sore elbow for four weeks i'll be like yeah of course it's worth it like i'll mm. i'll fight and get out of that armbar to win the match mm. right because you're competing but how do you know if you can do that if you never do it in the gym mm. so sometimes you do have to see how how deep you can dig but on the but the problem is you do it every time and that's and <laughs> you can't do it on the regular because you just get hurt know uh so you do it sometimes but not all the time and that's why i'm always look over and you're wincing and you're like duh and i'm like bro just tap man <laughs> just like tap your pussy. not every time bro yeah. not every you can't dig that deep every time yeah. it hurts too much you know yeah. you know or you end up walking around like the meows <laughs> yeah, <all crippled> and <laughs> yeah. yeah but sure. yeah that's uh it's your ego leave it at the door bro yeah, but no, I think I think it is good advice when you when you look at it through the lens of of the negative side of ego and and how ego can affect you with not tapping, with like hurting someone or or being a fucking bitch. Really, I think doing things like storming off the mat or like walking out of the gym because you're like a blue belt, like got tapped by a white belt, or they did something. Oh to, god, to he's hurt. so like, inappropriate. Oh man, yeah. that is. I think at that point, particularly, it depends on what belt we're talking. But at that point, you have to question if they're wearing the right color, if you know what I mean, if they if they have the right belt on. And that yeah. links back to your original point of would you give a black belt to someone that you don't think is a good person and you're like probably not. I, I think I have to agree. I'm, again, I'm a white belt, but if just in general, yeah, that's my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I'm just thinking about what you said. Like I, I've seen that. I've seen there was this one guy – in Brazil who just, I don't know if, did he ever get his purple belt? I don't know. I don't even know if he still trains, but he was a blue belt forever. And I know for a fact, one of the reasons he was because I've had this conversation with Fabio was because of the way he carried himself. Mm. And this was 
back when Fabio kind of only did like one or two gradings a year, which a lot of gyms still do that, follow that sort of method and style. For those who don't know, I don't. I, I was about to ask for you. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I haven't uh, been around long enough yeah. to really see a full like cycle full yet. Full cycle, yeah. yeah. I, I don't. You know, like I'll often do like an end of year class slack. I mean, maybe there's some belts that get given out that I wait until that end of year, but it's more okay. of just like an end of year slash Christmas slash big class get together or whatever. But no, like I grade each student individually because, you know, they're all on their own individual journey, right? Uh, but back then, and Fabio does now as well, but previously it was just one or two gradings a year. So, you know, and if you were out of town for that particular grading, tough, tough luck, <laughs> wait another six months or 12 Shit. months. Yeah, so it was really like that. And I, just because of the way this guy carried himself, he, I think he did eventually get his purple belt, but like probably three or four years later than he should have. And because it got to the point where there would be a grading and he wouldn't get his purple belt. And man, he would pretty much make a massive scene and swear and walk out, fuck, I'm out of here and like storm out of the gym in the, middle, in the middle of a grading. And wonders why you he know? doesn't get his belt. Yeah. And, it, you know, so there's something to be said as well. Like you said, you would question, if someone did something inappropriate, you'd question whether they've got the correct belt. Yeah. And yeah, so, so super important the way you carry yourself. But because that's something that's unique about jujitsu. Because if you look at something like, I don't know, something that doesn't have a hierarchy structure or a grading system, like, but, but it's still a sport, like maybe rugby or maybe like tennis. I'm not quite sure. Take, take like uh, football or rugby, for example. I'm not sure if someone would be, quote, held back from the eight, like being in um, the, the first grade or something like that, mm-hmm. um, if they're not conducting themselves appropriately. You know, it, I'm not talking professional, like in the limelight, I'm talking about like just the general club, but I'm not sure if they have the same problem. If someone like is a superstar athlete, but is a bit of a dick to his, you know, friends or whatever, then, you know, yeah. the coaches probably don't care. But in jujitsu, it's yeah, I guess, different. Yeah, I think probably because you know, jiu-jitsu has such a clear literal color system to yes. show your your rank within the sport. Yeah. Like I said at the start, by default, when you're wearing when you're a black belt or whatever higher belt, by default, people look up to you. Whether they look at you as a role model or not is another thing, but they instantly like they may have never met you before, but they look and go, oh, that dude's got a purple belt, so he knows more than me, he's been it's training authority. longer. It's, it's yeah. immediate authority. Yeah. So um, you know, so you're I believe your behavior has to reflect that. Okay. Well, I think that this was pretty successful Q&A. We got some really, really good questions. I like um, that. It was a good one. Yeah, that have come through. So thank you to everyone that submitted the questions. Yep. Keep them coming. And if you want your question read out on the next Q&A, again, uh, like I said at the start of the episode, jump over to our Instagram and that's where you can submit a question. Just go into our link tree and you'll be able to find the question form there. Again, our Instagram. If you're like me, over 30 and you're like, what the hell's a link tree? You can even just message us on Instagram. Yeah, or you could just do that. That, yeah, that works uh, for us as well. But yeah, it's all there. It's all on Instagram. And our Instagram handle is at beyondjujitsu underscore podcast. And if you want to support the show, consider jumping over to our Patreon. You can find that in our uh, link tree as well, or just search Beyond Jiu-Jitsu Podcast on Patreon. Until but, next time. Thanks for listening. Thank <laughs> you.